Ecclesiastes. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Hallelujah. I want to minister the word to you this morning, and I'm depending on the unction of the Holy Ghost. I was uh, editing a, a, the first of this set, this series that we're in right now, on being at the right place at the right time. And I was telling Debbie yesterday how it wasn't me. I was editing it. I actually put it in a program, was editing out things that weren't specific to the teaching that were just in the service. And God started talking to me, and I realized, and I want you to realize, that the anointing that's on me, that's on us, is for you. And that it's not me. This is not my wisdom. This is not my counsel to you. This is not Dear Abby advice. This isn't just a good word. This is the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden and sets the captives free. And you would be well advised. Run your own life as you please, but you'd be well advised to see past me, to see through me, and see him talking to you. I take no credit. I take no credit. But I am used of God just like you are used of God. And we should engage him that's in people. He puts us in a whole nother theater, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Praise his name. We give him all glory. Amen. You remember when Goss was here the other day, uh, the uh, last of October, and he talked about some things. And Brother Copeland's been talking about some things about the year coming up. Do you all know this is the 4th of December? That we're just 27 days of this year left? And... And uh, this has been quite a year. I know you've had some good things. You've had some things that were challenges. If you've been like anybody, if you, listen, if, if one thing Brother Copeland said a long time ago, he says, if you're not having any troubles, maybe you're going the same direction as the devil because everybody else, everybody else is meeting him. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, you know, it's been a challenge. But uh, Brother Wynn talked about 2011 being a year of transition, that it wasn't the year, but it's a year of, of uh, assessing of downloading, figuring out who we are and what we're doing, and getting ready to, to engage the final thrust of the Lord. And he talked about 2012 being a year of uh, surprises, of momentum, of suddenly. Say suddenlies. But, you know, I've had suddenlies in my life, and some of them were not that good. You know, they were shocks, you might say. And... Um, I always did better, and you did too, when you were ready for them. When you had a sense about something coming, it didn't, it didn't get you out of your place. Matter of fact, you were able to assimilate it in such a way that it, it actually helped you. And that what God's got for us in 2012 is to help us. Amen. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help. He is. He is on it. He is on it. He is helping you. He is, you say, Lord's not helping me. You just don't know the fire you've been delivered from. You just don't know what's been going around you. Is it Psalm 112 that says, only with our eyes will we see the reward of the wicked? Amen. So uh, uh, when God said, uh, and I quoted this from, uh, uh, from uh, Monday night. Melissa quoted this out of his book. Destiny comes upon us through normal Everyday moments, listen to that, destiny comes upon us through normal, 
everyday moments that connect us to certain people or situation. I'm going to read it again. Destiny comes upon us through normal, everyday moments that connect us to certain people or situation. Transition happens when you accept what you've never accepted before. You know, one day you're going to wake up, you're going to stand up, you're going to rise up, and you're going to say, bless God, I am rich. And you won't have one more dime or dollar than you did the day before when you, didn't have, when you said, you know, what are we going to do? One day you're going to rise up and say, you know, I am rich, just because the Word says it. And then from then, from then, from then, you'll start saying, I am rich. Instead of walking around, well, what are we going to do? What is it? What's all this about? You're going to say, you know, it doesn't matter. Everything is turning out amazing because I am rich. I am supplied. I am funded. But that's a revelation. You don't get that from just hearing pastors say it. You don't get that from reading the newsletter from Brother Copeland. You get that when there's a transaction inside your spirit. You've got to hear it a lot of ways to drive out unbelief, to drive out the, the naysayer that's in all of us, been planted by our parents, by the system Debbie was talking about. Every one of them has got to go down. So you've got to hear it a hundred ways. If there's a hundred naysayers, every one of them has got to be dealt with because if there's one of them standing up and saying, it'll never happen to you, then you have to deal with it, and you won't, you won't transition until you've dealt with it. So we keep coming to church, we keep reading our Bible, we keep praying, and we knock down the naysayers until we can say what the Word says about us. Then, and then only, do we have what the Word says about us. Amen. So when people say, oh, that faith stuff doesn't work, you just hadn't knocked down all the naysayers. You, had, you still hadn't, you hadn't dealt with doubt and unbelief. You hadn't dealt with who you are in Christ. You hadn't dealt with what he said about you yet. You've just said, oh, well, someday. And time has become your enemy. But faith has no time, does it? Faith is now. Faith is now. I got it now. And you know, you know when it's going to happen? It's going to happen when you believe it's going to happen. Because God already believes it's going to happen. He already believes it's done. It's finished. It's over. It's, it's happened. He doesn't look down and say, bless their heart. I wish I could do something to heal them. He thinks you're already healed. He thinks it's done. He's moved on. Lord, don't move on. It hadn't happened yet. In his eyes, in his thinking, it has already happened. He has funded you. He has supplied you. And he has moved on. And we're like, Lord, come back. Come back. We, we got to talk. He's already talked. He's already said all he's going to say about it until you ask him, Lord, what about this and what about me? Amen. What does it say in Ecclesiastes? Look in chapter 3 with me. Look in verse 1. Let's read this. This is so pertinent. It's applicable to you. To everything. I'm in the King James. Let's read verse 1 together. Ready? Read. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. It, it says in the uh, Living Bible, there is a right time for everything. Now, I'm going to just stop there because it's so easy to say, okay, I got that, when in truth you hadn't got that. There is a right time for everything. Well, then that implies that there's a timing for everything and that if there's a timing for everything, there could be a wrong time for everything. 
Is that right? In other words, just to know to do or be willing to do is not enough. It doesn't give you the green light to say, well, I know to do it. Here we go. There's a timing factor in there. The message translation says there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. Again, there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. Now let's go down to verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And it goes down a list there, and we could read them, and they've wrote songs about it. And, and uh, you know, a lot of what the world uses about the Bible, they draw from this right here. They, they talk about that. Now, let's, let's analyze what it says, though. Let's get into the Hebrew, because, you know, what you're reading is an English translation from the Hebrew, and then there's many translations, different translations in the English language. So it's not like there's even a definite thing that says this Hebrew word means this in the English. It means there's shades and variants and gradients of it, and there's meanings that come out, but we have to go back to the Hebrew, don't we? Uh, anyway, anything else is just interpreting an interpretation or a translation. But the word time there, it's really important to, to know what that means. The time there is the word eth. We've been talking about eth and karos which means appointed time. So not just time. What time is it? Well, it's 2.20. Well, what time is it? Well, it's the time of the coming of the Lord. It's the time of the outpouring. It's the time. It's a time. It's an opportune time. Well, I didn't know it was that time. Well, then you will not enjoy, you will not have the blessings and the benefits of the opportune time if you don't know what time it is. Remember the tribe of Issachar? They had a gift of knowing the seasons of Israel of what they should do. But I'm born again. Are you born again this morning? Well, then all of us are even are better than the tribe of Issachar. We all have inside of us a clock or a, 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 a decoder, as it were, to know what time it is. You don't have to be born of Issachar. We're born of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're born of the Lord. So we have a sense inside. But if you don't, uh, if you're not uh, cognizant of that, y'all know people that don't even have a watch or don't care what time it is. They're just, they're just moving through a little bubble here, a little aura. They, it might be nighttime or daytime. They, there's no sense of their life about them. They're just kind of moving. Well, we ought to be people of purpose that move right. The word here, time, is the word eth. It means an appointed time. In the Hebrew, it means an appropriate time. It means a proper time. It means a season of time. And listen, it means an opportunity. So let's read verse 2 here in where it says a time to be born and a time to die. Well, people would say, okay, there you go. We're supposed to die. God's got a time for you to die. But that's not what the word time means. The word there is translated or should be translated in this context, opportunity. So that means there's an opportunity to be born and an opportunity to die. Do you all know that we could pass up an opportunity to die all the time? You all know people that get depressed, that get suicidal, that, that get older and things get hard or painful or, or they just life's not working out and they have an opportunity to die. 
It takes a lot of the will inside of you that's been tempered by the Holy Ghost to keep on going, not just to say, I'm going to keep breathing, but to live vibrantly and vigorously. You could still be breathing. They could put the thing on you and say, yeah, there's a heartbeat there, but be dead as a doorknob in the sense of life. Useless, even almost a hindrance to other people, a drag or an inconvenience that it takes two of us to get you through life. We're using part of our life to get you through life. So sharpen up there, you know, get, get a move on so that we can live our lives instead of having to drag you through life. So it's not just like I'm alive. There's a time, there's an opportunity to live, to be born, and there's an opportunity to die. I'm passing, up, I'm passing it up all the time. How about you? To, to engage death, not just the literal snuffing out of life, but to engage the, the aspects of death that just says, I'm just going to check out. I'm just checking out with my mind, with my family. I'm just checking out. I am dead as a husband. I'm dead as a father. I'm dead as a mother. I'm just, you know, I'm alive as a person, as a human, but I'm gone. An opportunity there is to put on life. Put on life. Put on the victory. He goes on there. Let's read it that way in verse 3. An opportunity to kill. Oh, they've just taken that and, and, and said, oh, that's so contrary. But it's not the word murder there. It's an opportunity, but it could be. But you could murder somebody's reputation. You ever had an opportunity to just open your mouth and tell what you know? Oh, we've had opportunities. So, so this, this means more if you translate it out of the Hebrew. An opportunity to kill, an opportunity to heal. Y'all say, y'all check, nod your head, I've had an opportunity to heal. There has been one. God has put an F in my life where I could stop my life and what I'm doing and say, listen, I'm going to stop my life and I'm going to use my life to heal your life. I'm going to speak words. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my resources and I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to take, there is an opportunity. Not everybody, you know, Jesus walked by the man at the gate beautiful for years, three years or, or whatever, maybe more than that. But at least that long in his ministry, and he never ministered to the man at the gate beautiful. But when Peter and John, there was an eth there that day, that day, an eth, an opportune time, a divine happening. That's what we're talking about here, a divine happening. Do y'all believe God's got more than one divine happening for you in your life? You believe he could, he could open them up every day where he could say today, we're going to have a divine happening. We're going to have an F, an opportunity for you. That'd make it pretty exciting. Instead of just getting up and fixing the kids' lunch and getting them ready and trying to figure it out and use their gas in the car and you know all that, say, I'm looking for my F today. I am a valued and, and necessary ingredient to life today. My life is key. It opens doors, it opens locks, it opens lives. I am key to somebody's life today. God is, is needing me to work a work of the Spirit in somebody's life, and he's going to pull back the curtain and give an F to me. Why, you may have thought you were just trying to get, go to work so you could draw a paycheck, so you could buy groceries, so you could feed your kids, so that you could sit down at the end of the day and say, man, it has been a toaster. 
and then do it again the next day. You know there's more to it than that in God. Y'all say amen. I need a little help here. Hallelujah. There's more. You know there is. If you ever get off that roller coaster and just stop, you'll go, I know there's more to life than this. I know God's got more going on than what it seems like in my life. This is not the end of it. This, there's no, I'm missing it. I'm missing it if this is it. If I think this is all my life is, is get up and go and sit down and quit every day, I know that's not what I've been born again for. I mean, we've been birthed of God, y'all. We've been filled with the very majesty of His very existence. He gets more done. He has more value than just going and cranking out like the heathen, the sinner. Just making a living. Just trying to get my kids raised and then get them raised and then, well, now I'm working on grandkids or whatever. It's more than that. It says a time to... Cast away stone, excuse me, verse 4, a time to weep. Well, there's an opportunity to weep and an opportunity to laugh, an opportunity to mourn, and an opportunity to dance. Oh, we ought to, we ought to take every once in a while an opportunity, like Brother Wigglesworth would say, that he got up every morning and just danced before the Lord. Did he feel like it? Did it look like it? Did, you know, just dance before the Lord cause, because you could. Just because it was there to do and... God's good. It just opens doors, y'all. It just opens doors. When you push on the door, it'll open the door. Well, I got to get breakfast on the table, and we got beds to make, and we got to beat the bus. Sure do. Dance before the Lord. There's an opportunity there, a divine appointment, an F. Say, my F is waiting for me. It says a time, an opportunity to cast away stones, an opportunity to gather stones together, an opportunity to embrace, and an opportunity to refrain from embracing, an opportunity to get, an opportunity to lose, an opportunity to keep, and an opportunity to cast away, an opportunity to rend or to tear, and an opportunity to, uh, to sow, an opportunity to keep silence, and an opportunity to speak. Ooh, we may have missed some of those. <laughs> we may, never mind, let's move on. An opportunity to love, an opportunity to hate. Sometimes we need to hate sin. We need to hate the works of men. Instead of just letting them do them in front of us. We need, but there's a time to hold your peace and choose your battles. There's an opportunity not everything just because it's out there is to do, but there's an opportunity. And what we must do, and we could go through all this, what we must do is be discerners of the times we live in, the opportunities that are on our lives, to be at the right place at the right time. Do you believe that being at the right place at the right time is essential to having a victorious faith life? You think it is a factor in your life? You ever been too early in anything? You ever been too late in anything? Even naturally speaking, you know, they say, yeah, that, you go in there to buy something, they say, and I did this just this week, they said, that went off sale. That's a November deal. And here you're in December. Because I was saying, I want, the, I want the deal. And they said, well, that's a November deal. Most of the time, I'll ask them for it anyway. <laughs> and a lot of times, I'll get it. 
Sometimes they slap me down <laughs> and say, you are not, it is not your F. You missed your F. Just take it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. An opportunity. A divine happening. What if you lived your life by divine happenings? Would that be a whole different life? Would that be like living in Ethiopia and moving to America? You'd go, what a difference that would be. Anybody lived in Ethiopia lately? Civil war and just uh, ethnic cleansing and just the most ragged type of existence on the earth and then move to America, move to Alabama, even upgrade to there, hallelujah, or even be in Tuscaloosa County, the, the, the highest of the high, <laughs> hallelujah. Well, then that we ought to say, you know, there's more than just living a normal life, I could live an eth life, a divine happening. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. You're right there. Look what it says. Say, I can do this. You sure can. You can live a better life. You don't have to get another job. You don't have to turn off, you know... Uh, give up your, your Dairy Queen Sunday on, on Friday nights or whatever, you can live a better life just by being aware of the divine happenings, the Fs in your life, the Karos. It says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So there's something that's an enemy of the F. The ungodly, the counsel of the ungodly will put you where? It'll put you in an unopportune time. They'll give you wrong counsel. What was I listening to just yesterday? Oh, I know what it was. Somebody got on TV and said, this is what I want this nation to do. It was a political man. This is what I think that our senators and our Congress ought to do. And I told Debbie, I said, let's go the other way. <laughs> you just go, you know, that's just, the, that's, got, that's whatever his counsel is. I'm, I always tend to say, okay, I know what to do now. <laughs> I don't want to be ugly about it, but I'm just saying, you know, you just got to go. Where is their righteousness? He says, uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, my delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And what will happen to this man? that will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, that chooses people that he associates with and discerns whether they will have an eth for him, a counsel for him, that whether they, he will understand whether God can use those people to give him counsel and to help him with his life and to advance his life. But yet instead he, he chooses to, to uh, weigh every relationship and every situation by meditating the, the Word of God day and night. Did you know there's a weightiness or a heaviness that comes on a man or a woman that will meditate the Word of God day and night? He knows who to be with and he knows where to be. He's at the right place at the right time. Are y'all here? Then it says in verse 3, look, look. What will happen to this man? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, that's where a tree wants to be. 
because then it just doesn't matter what the weather is. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. You know what that word season is? It's the word eth, divine happening. That bringeth forth his season in his appointment, in his divine happening, in his opportunity. How many times have you had an opportunity come and you only recognized it or saw it in the rearview mirror? I could have had a V8. I could have had that, that deal that, you know, that my friend got, you know, he bought, he bought low and he sold high. Woo, I wish I'd have got some of that. Well, the man that's planted by the, tr the rivers of living water, he bringeth forth fruit. In other words, his life bears according to the opportunities that God brings to him. It pays off. Now, this sounds like what Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This sounds like a man that just gets up, puts his priorities in, seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It sounds like all these things that he needs and desires shall be added unto him. He, he brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And look, look, look what, to the, what the eth will do. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever. Say it with me whatsoever. That's everything. Whatsoever he doeth. So I step to the east or I step to the west. I'm stepping to the north. I'm stepping with Leroy. I'm stepping with John. I, wherever, whatsoever I doeth, it prospers. I'm at the right place at the right time. Now, it's a structured life. It's an ordered life. But it's a better life. Well, I don't want any of that structure on me. I want to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. Well, that's where we've all already been. There's nothing to say I want. We've already been doing that. How's it working for you? Anybody tapped it out and said, "Woo, this is the end of that. I've got, this is as good as it gets. I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't think so. I think we say there's room for upgrade. Right place right time. You got 24 hours. You just got so much strength. You got to use six or eight of those hours or more to sleep. So you're, you're bonked out. So all you got is 16. You got to raise kids. You got to go to work. You got to pay your bills. You got to fuel up your car. You got to check your email. So what are you doing? That's what are we giving God to say? I need an opportunity that will bust into my life that will set me on a new course. Well, there's just a few, and they're relatively small, places where God can get in. We should maximize those opportunities. He says in verse 4, The ungodly are not so. They have no eths, but are like the chaff, which, which is a weightless, useless part of the grain. They are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It takes an eth to stand fast in the liberty whereby Jesus has made us free. It says in Proverbs chapter 15, let me just read verse 23 to you. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. Say eth. A, a word spoken in a right place at the right time, how good it is. We are a people that have been called to live, listen, by the words of our mouth. Not by the toil and strength of our hand, but we live by the words of our mouth. 
Our words prepare the way. Our words take us down the way. And the word, our words follow us in the way. We live completely by our words. Now, when you get that, when you see that, when you realize that, it'll change your words. That you're having what you say. And when we don't like what we're having, we'll change what we're saying. So there's a time to speak. It's what Ecclesiastes says. There's a time to speak. There's a time. There's an eth. There's an opportunity to speak, to speak the right word at the right time. Anybody ever had to hold their tongue? Just bite it. Oh, my, I want to tell you what I think. This is what I want to do. It would feel so good. A release is coming to me. I'm fixing to fix this situation with you right now. You are going to feel the wrath of man. Hallelujah. And I'm going to feel so good. And you won't. Well, you will for just a moment. Just for a moment, sin has a reward that's quick, that, that's for a moment. But then that thing tumbles for years. For years, those words start coming back and burning and chaffing and just, just stinging in our lives. He's right. Yep, he's right. So sometimes we just hold our tongue. We hold our peace. As far as we can, as far as we're able, we walk in peace with all men. The Word says we should. But there is a time, there is a time where you speak the truth in love, and you don't hold back, and you render the Word of the Lord, and you judge a situation, and you declare the truth. And how sweet the fruit is that changes everyone around you when that's the right place at the right time. How do you know when it is? Well, you're the man that meditates in his word day and night. And you're like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. And whatsoever he doeth or saith, blesses, is prosperous. Amen? So we've got to be people of discretion, of discernment. We've got to stop our lives and say, I must wait for the opportunity of the Lord. The emotions, the flesh, the, the, the soul are not going to take me to the best place. Anybody been there, done that? <laughs> every, every hard spot you've ever been in is because you didn't wait on the F. You were either early or late or right time but wrong place. Maybe you got mad at somebody over here, so you told somebody over here. And you know it just made the circuit. It just took one day to get it around, but it was the same as. And, but yet now you're a strifer, and, and, and it just comes in on you. And that job or that situation, it starts downgrading, and, you, and it's not good. Hallelujah. We don't control the timing of most events. But we can be positioned, we can be ready for them. In other words, they're coming. There's a time. There's an F for me to get this right. I'm going to be ready for it. There's a time to sow your seed. I'm we could go there, we probably will another time. There's a time to sow your seed. There's a time not to sow your seed. There's a time, there's a place to sow your seed. 
God has a has a uh, opinion about it. He's got a place for your seed. And if you just ignore him and say, you know, here, some people want to tithe. I'll tell you this. Some people want to tithe. They want to keep control of their tithe. Oh, I'm a tither, Pastor. I'm a tither. I tithe over here. I tithe over there. Well, all they're doing is they're getting a little rush from the people saying, oh, thank you for giving to our ministry or giving to our lives or giving to us or whatever. We had a family that actually tithed to their son in going to college when we were in Seminole. It actually tithed into them. It was so much money a month, and here's and, 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 and they justified it and whatever. We never said a word, but their lives never got on track because there's a certain, but because, because that, that didn't engage God. All, we sang it this morning, all things are possible. Sure they are, but you've got to be at the right place at the right time. It's not going to happen just because you're a berry on the tree. As a matter of fact, the Lord told me this morning, and I want to get this out right before we quit. I wrote it down. Nope, I didn't write that down. Let's see if I wrote it down in here. Yeah, here it is. Because I just, you know, I just wait on the Lord. And he said, uh, a lot of my children die young. They marry wrong. They work at dead-end jobs. They, uh, they fail in their assignment because they refuse to wait on me. But we could wait on him. Say, I can do it. We can wait for the right place at the right time. Now, part of this, and we'll quit right here, is repenting, getting out of your life, the hindsight, the 2020 that looks back and said, you know, that was me. Anybody been there where you look back and say, that was not the one, that was not the right place, or it was not the right time? It could be that you married wrong. It could be that you went into business wrong. It could be that you moved to the wrong city. God knows what's in a city. God knows the church that's in a city. You have Now, I'm going to just say this at the end of this message. You have to have the right pastor to maximize your life. Because there's just things that'll be said that you'll have to have in order to maximize your life. Well, God can just use anybody. He sure could if they'll cooperate. But this right place, right time, it defies the logic that just says, God knows where I am. If he wants to tell me something, he can get it to me. It's just not that way. He's got to have people involved. So we repent. We look back and say, you know, Lord, I'm not just going to take the hit and just say, I missed it, you know, in my own heart. That's just part of life. We're going to have to say, you know, I repent for being rebellious, for not waiting, for, for, for engaging the soul, the emotional realm, and just saying, I'm going to have my way at my time. I've told off some people, and it cost me a bunch. During the blast... I was so engaged and so energized. It seemed like there was a flow. <laughs> I was in fine form, as the movie says. But afterwards, it did not work out for me. Anybody been there? Did not? You just go, it didn't work out. I thought at the time it would be a good, you know, and let them have it. Just fix this situation once and for all. 
But it didn't involve God, and it didn't pay off, and it cost me. I've had to repent of that. I told off a young Baptist man in Seminole. He just was this and that and me and just this and that and yet he was in my life and everything. And one day he just he just he just tripped it. You know, the straw that just was more than it. There was 48 bricks on there. We were doing fine. And he kicked one feather over there and down I went and I let it. I lit into him. Whew, it was so fluid and so cool. And it it cost me and other things have cost me. I've had relationships with other people where I just got out of control. Now, y'all may be looking at me like, what is wrong with him? But I'm just talking, it's a mirror. I'm a mirror talking back to you right this morning. We've all been there where you go, it costs me. Well, you can just take the hit and say, I'm going to go down the road, or you can eliminate that thing, which is still working in your life, and just repent of it and get it out. Say, Lord, I see it now. I'm better than a son of Issachar. I know the seasons and the times. Let's bow our heads this morning right now. Just just as you're there, the Holy Ghost is talking to you. Hallelujah. He's talking to you. And you're shaking your head inside going, yeah, I know one. I know one thing that really cost me. It, it, It burned me bad. Right now, just take responsibility. You could say, but they this and they that, and it'd be right, and they did wrong, and you'd be right, but you didn't have the response at the right time at the right place. You were out of divine happening. You were out of divine life. It wasn't the season to engage. If you were even the one, God had a plan to deliver you, and you entered in. I entered in. So right now, just by the blood of Jesus, eviscerate it from your life. Take it out. Lord, I am sorry. I repent. I turn from that rebellion, that disobedience, that, that speaking, that doing, that meddling, that, that act of being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Lord, I repent of it. Come on, out of your mouth, just under your breath, not where anybody can understand, but say it. Don't think it, say it. I release this thing that's still dogging my tracks. I release it out of my life, and I forgive these people right now for provoking me to anger. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive us all in Jesus' name. Work among us right now, Father. Work in our lives right now. There is someone, I saw you this morning, someone in here right now, there is a warmth in your back that's about, it's starting, and the Lord is healing you in your your back right now. Now, I want you just to take that. If if that's you, just take it. Just say, I'm going to receive that. Right now, in this, I saw you early this morning, and I knew... I saw myself speaking and that that would come up and that you would know I'm being healed right now in my back. In Jesus' name, take it. Take it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Anybody this morning say, that's me? Let's let that work. Hallelujah. I saw that this morning. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Now say this with me. I will be at the right place at the right time all the time. I override my emotions, my hormones, my feelings, and my experiences, and I yield to the F of the Lord God in my life. Praise God. Praise God. A new life, a better life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now let's see what else he's got for us this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Now, just while you're there, I want to just, I want to, he, he shared this with me. I'm going to just go with what, what I have right now. He asked me to ask you, what can you do that will commend you to God today? I know sometimes, and this is the sense I got about it, that a lot of times we go, oh, Lord, I want to change my life. I want to do better. But he said, I want, I want to, to bring a life or a, a focus on what you are doing that commends you to God right now. Uh, in other words, something that you're being faithful over. If you're faithful in your marriage, then you are commended to God. If you are raising children, you are commended to God. If you are a tither, if you are faithful over your giving, you are commended to God. And the sense I got was, is that there should be a light brought to that where you say, Lord, I am commended to you by my faithfulness. A faithful man will abound with blessings. So right now, as we just are sitting here, let's commend, let's let the Lord commend us to God in that sense and have a sense of, of, uh, of access to the Lord, of, Lord, I have access to the promises because I have been faithful over a little in Jesus' name. So if you've been faithful to God, if you've been faithful to someone, if you have something in your life that you go, I'm doing this well, I may not be doing this well, but over here, I am doing this well, no matter how small it may seem, bring it to the front of your heart right now and say, I'm going to be established on this today at the very least. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, right now for receiving us. We are commended to God, oh God, by this in our lives. Thank you, Lord, we can be. I'm reading my Bible every day. Lord, I'm praying. Lord, I thank you right now. I'm raising my kids. I thank you, Lord God, today that I'm, I am I am ministering in this area of my life. In Jesus' name, I am commended to God. And I receive the reward of it and the access of the eth by it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Whew, thank you, Lord. Debbie, do you have anything? We're going to pray for the sick this morning. If you have anything going on in your life, this is a right place, right time to get prayer. Now, I know many of you would say, I've had this prayed for, this, that, and the other. Just skip all that. Let's just, let's get it done this morning 
forever. Say forever. Let's get it done this morning. So if you're here this morning, you want us to pray for you and believe God with you for something going on in your body, we want to do it right now. Would you just stand up and come forward? Hallelujah. Anybody? Would you stand up with me? And let's just lift our hands before heaven. Hallelujah. Wesley, do you have anything that you could just play for us for just a moment? Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. There's an opportunity for us to start a new life. Right place. Right time. To erase, to eradicate, to get past every stigma and every trouble of being at the wrong place. Now a new life begins. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the, uh, the healing anointing. Lord God, coming upon us and working among us and going through us, Lord. Without your anointing, Lord, we have nothing. We can do nothing. But Lord God, we are refreshed and renewed today by that healing anointing. We give you praise and thanks for that back, hallelujah, that's in this place being healed. Praise God. A refreshing, a rejuvenation. A repair in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive your favor, your mercy in this place on our lives. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to your mercy you have saved us. Lord, we are the delivered today. We are the raised up today. Hallelujah. We have what you have, Lord, in our lives. Glory, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray for Pamela. Praise God. 